Blog Talk Radio. That's right, everybody. You know who it is. Coach Mike Jones on the coach with the most. Coming at you hard from coast to coast. I don't want to boast, but now I got to roast you in my social media posts. You double dose, undiagnosed. You're feeling tired, life is bad, now you're a ghost. I'll be your host, so won't you raise a toast to the coach with the most, Coach Mike Jones. Um, 
and there were independents popping up here in the state of Washington. Uh, I was doing um, photography for the Owenses and for the national uh, newsstand magazines, writing stories and so forth. And when um, Dave DeBossi decided to start running up here uh, at that time, he uh, he needed someone to, to do some things. Bob Pyatt originally got me involved into ring announcing because Bob was the ring announcer for uh, Don Owen up here um, in the uh, late 80s. And uh, we became uh, pretty fast friends. And I learned a lot. I learned most of my ring announcing uh, from him. He was a professional disc jockey, as I had been before at one time. And um, he taught radio. But he also um, did this as a as a side, plus was on the uh, Washington State Commission. So he had to be at those matches. And I was kind of his um, tag along. I filled in uh, when needed and so forth. But Debashi really got me into doing the ring announcing. I was also doing some uh, play-by-play on uh, at that point for um, DVDs. But I was also ring announcing at uh, a lot of his shows, too. So it just kind of worked my way in from other things that I was uh, involved in with the uh, companies that were around. And it it was kind of a natural succession from going from a timekeeper to a, a, a ring announcer. Diamond Dan Garza, how did you get into that aspect of the business? I know you have done many roles, but what led to the ring announcing? Well, it kind of uh, kind of fell into that one with uh, when I was helping out uh, OVW and uh, Rip Rogers run the uh, Indiana shows. And uh, there'd be times that uh, the, the ring announcer wouldn't necessarily come up. Um, you know, they had Dean Hill and, and such. So, I mean, they wouldn't come to the uh, spot shows that we were running. So it kind of fell into that to where I would uh, end up ring announcing some of the shows. And then uh, it kind of went from there. I mean, did a, a bunch of different uh, local promotions, but uh, also got into uh, MMA, uh, boxing, and uh, kickboxing, uh, doing some of those events, so I've been doing it for a few years, uh, enjoy it, uh, but I also DJ some of the events, so do the, the sound and music for them too, just depending on the, on what they need. May Lee, how about you? What led you getting into the world of ring announcing? Um, yeah, hi. Uh, so, Idaho Wrestle Club has been around for... I think we're in our almost seventh or eighth year now, and in the beginning, a lot of the workers would have to do uh, different roles and wear many different hats. Um, I'm married to one of the wrestlers, and they needed a consistent announcing role, and as a way to support him, I thought, you know, I think I'll do that. Um, I certainly had zero desire to wrestle myself, but um, I have experience with um, public speaking, and uh, I was in drama club a while ago, way back in school, so I thought, you know, it would be kind of fun to, to try something entirely different. Um, 
And so I debuted at their Mother's Day event in year one and have been the ring announcer, the main ring announcer for them since. Now, the role of ring announcer is the face of the company and the person that fans often look to, whether it's legitimately true or not, as the person running the show, because they get all the information from the ring announcer, and the ring announcer is usually dressed in a way that looks like they're an important figure to the company. And wrestling itself is a very cosmetic business. How do you guys feel about how important the actual cosmetic part of being a ring announcer is for not only just wrestling in general, but especially on the independent level of pro wrestling in order to be a success at it? We'll start with Ken Hamlin. Well, if you're speaking cosmetically, um, I think the the more the look of the show makes the fans feel it's more of a more professional of a show. Uh, seeing guys coming out there and working, you know, in 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 tights and the and legitimate boots and so forth, as long as it works with their angle and their character. But uh, as for a ring announcer, I've always been uh, to the point of that for probably 95% of my shows that I've worked on, I'm always a suit and tie guy. Um, I, I believe that the more professional you look, the more professional the show's going to look. Um, there are occasions in the summertime, as I think we all know, when it gets extremely warm that uh, you will uh, maybe adjust yourself to a summer type of uh, garb. But, you know, along with being ring announcer, as you said, uh, people look to you as uh, the leader of the show. And that uh, was kind of another job that was had been thrown on me not only as a ring announcer, but I was also given uh, the title of a commissioner or something of that nature. So it um, it really made the people feel you were the one running the show. So you had to come across with a very professional um, uh, dress, attitude, and so forth. Um, and I think that's a, a really big thing you say. In a lot of independent shows, you really need to, if you're going to make impress these fans, you got to start right there. Simon uh, and I know in addition to ring announcing, you've also promoted, so you might have a bit of a different take on this, but how important is the actual cosmetic part of ring announcing in your opinion? Well, I agree. I think uh, you know you have to not only look the part but act the part. Um, you know the fans, like I say, they are looking at you when you come out. You know you're the one that's going to give them the information about what's happening, the match, the information, and so forth. Uh, you know the promoter may be in the back leading the way, but you're out front. Uh, you know helping put the show on. So I agree. You know I wear a jacket. You know you know if you have a suit, tie, whatever, at least something that looks 
uh, nice. Uh, you know, I see guys out there now with T-shirts or just a, uh, you know, buttoned-up shirt, and, and and just like a wrestler, I think you need to look professional. Uh, you know, I'm old school. You know, I've you know still got my boots. I came with, you know, boots, tights, and 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 look like a wrestler, and not just. Uh, and I know, like I say, there's different characters that have different things, but uh, you know, not wrestling in a pair of tennis shoes, but it uh, it needs to help with the uh, the product you know the better it looks the better the product's going to be <clears throat> excuse me but uh i think you know you're leading the way out there and the fans are looking towards uh, what you have to say and what you're what you're going to do uh so it is very important that you uh, put it out front you know i was told at one time nobody buys a ticket to come see the ring announcer of course you know, unless you're maybe family or uh, friends but uh you know, so it's not about you, but it is an important job that you're out there leading the way, leading the night, kind of keeping the timing of things and everything going in the direction that it needs to go to. So it's, uh, you know, it's a very important job, I think. I agree with you there. Now, Maylee, what about you? How do you feel about the importance of the actual cosmetic aspect of being a ring announcer? Um, I think that's the in regards to the cosmetic um, piece of the ring announcing role, uh, it definitely sets the tone of the event. Um, I do notice when there's people filling in for me um, and they're not dre- they're dressed pretty casually or they're thinking, oh, this is just another role that I have to fill so it makes the presentation look a little more professional it does kind of set the tone of of the crowd Um, they're not sure what to expect whereas if um, say I go out there and I'm usually normally I'll wear some kind of wrestle club outfit so like um, like a sweatshirt or a t-shirt a lot of our events are outdoors so it um, especially during the winter time here in Idaho they get really cold so it's a little more difficult for me to dress professionally Um, but that doesn't necessarily affect my announcing Um, I'm still giving it my all I'm still setting that tone of hey let's have a great time let's get this show on the road Um, and you know get the get the fans hyped up and you know as as what the other announcer mentioned, you know, even though they're not there to see the announcer, just seeing how professional the announcer is really sets that tone of what to expect for the show. Absolutely. And it looks like it's going to be a little bit warmer for you on New Year's Eve this year because you're going inside this year. Yes, that's true. Our next event is going to be New Year's Eve. We're instead of dropping the New Year's ball or a potato, we are dropping elbows, and we'll be indoors this year, which I'm very looking forward to. Obviously, the most important tool that a ring announcer has is their voice, and in order to successfully ring announce you have to have a clear strong voice that fans have to be able to understand what you're saying in order to not only follow along with the show but also know how to support the company with buying concessions and buying tickets to the next show and all of that which is associated with 
a ring announcer's job. How do you guys protect that voice and make sure that your voice is going to be loud and strong going through a given show? Well, Ken Hamlin, I'm sure you've picked up a trick or true in your day. Well, um, number one, I think you you have to start a week or two ahead and um, make sure that what you're doing, you're not like, uh, I know I'm probably the old guy here in the group, but, you know, you, you, you got to make sure you understand what your voice limitations are. Um, you know, you have lots of different things that you can use. Uh, to help you with your voice, a lemon water or a warm drink, uh, a hot tea or things of that nature. Unfortunately, I'm not a hot drink guy. So a lot of times I work, I work with a lot of water and lemon water and so forth to help keep the voice in, in good check. And I also trying to make sure not to, uh, you know, overuse my voice in the amount of times uh, you know, uh, the week or so before. Uh, it all depends on what you're doing with your shoot job, too, whether you are using your voice a lot in that uh, direction. And I think um, if you stop and look at it, the the better preparation you have, you can get across more with less. And uh, at times, as long as you're prepared, you can get along with saying a little less and helping your voice be a little stronger. Um, and as for the, like you said, um, our job isn't just to uh, announce who's in the ring, but it's also to make sure the fans are well informed. And I'm sure, and Dan kind of touched on that earlier, you know, you, you have to uh, use your, your judgment, number one, and I and I think um, preparation is a, a big thing. All right. Well, Dan, what about you? Do you have some tricks as far as maintaining the voice? Well, not too many tricks. Uh, you know, I spoke of a few there, but, uh, you know, I usually like to have water, uh, cough drops, things like that, just just like today, I got it for some reason right before I get on here, I get a frog in my throat and try to get rid of it, and I apologize if you hear that. But um, So, yeah, I mean, just try to make sure that, uh, you know, you're. and I see some of these ring announcers, and they get out there, and they're just screaming the whole time. You know, you need to – there's times that you bring your voice up for the winner and, and everything else, but you, you don't need to scream the whole time that you're out there. And the second is, you know, make sure that the uh, the mic is set to where you want it to be. I mean, it needs to be so you're not screaming into the mic so they can hear you, and then that's going to, you know, make it a little tougher on your voice. So if the mic is set where it needs to be, where you can speak in a little louder tone but uh, still be heard and not have to scream and then and lose your voice by the end of the night, so that thing's help out so it's it's always good to do get there early get a mic check make sure everything's at your level and the sound is the way that you know you want it you can always adjust the bass treble whatever and uh, if you needed to adjust it for your voice but uh, that's the best thing to do but yeah always just have plenty of water like save some people like lemon water if you want to use uh, cough drops 
that always kind of helps me out uh, to get the, my voice a little smoother out there when I'm ready. Maylee, what about you? How do you keep the voice going nice and strong? I don't actually do much of anything, but I I guess um, a good tip would be just to prepare, um, is to make sure you're just generally healthy. Um, if I end up with a cold, that's not going to help anybody. I'm I'm going to have a terrible sounding voice if I had a cold, for instance. So, you know, just, just staying healthy in general. Um, you know, day of, I will make sure I have water, uh, nothing carbonated. Um, I I do drink a lot of tea. That's just part of my, my daily regimen. So I'll usually have my tea with me and take sips throughout the show. And, um, and then when I do talk, I usually try and go for a lower octave. That's actually going to strain your voice less than if I was kind of just trying to be, you know, using more of a treble type voice. So just kind of talking naturally, but also in a good forceful way that won't strain your voice is also a a, a good idea when announcing. And, and of course, you know, having the mic adjusted accordingly. Um, if you're struggling to use the mic, um, definitely get that sound check done prior to the show. And that usually makes everything go smoothly. In professional wrestling, as we all know, every state is different as far as the regulations and licensing and all of that. Some states, even if they have a commission, have nothing regulating ring announcers. Some states, you have to be licensed as a ring announcer in order to do that role for the promotion. Some states, there's no commission at all for any of it, so you're clear and free for whatever you might do. Over the courses of your careers, what interactions have you had with wrestling commissions and having to deal with licensing and all that? Ken, I know you've dealt with commissions, but for a ring announcer, have you ever had to deal with something like that? Um, normally when I was doing the, the ICW shows after I was with, um, the Washi, I went to the international championship wrestling and Pacific wrestling federation. And, um, you know, we were a, a full blown licensed. You have to understand here in Washington. Now there is what is known as a, there's a full blown license and a theatrical license. And a theatrical license is more for a wrestling school to put on training shows, and that's what a lot of the independents have here. Uh, but back in the day, um, it, you know, the ring announcers were were made to have licenses. They were also made to, you know, and those licenses weren't cheap at that point in time. The ring announcer paid a $40 fee to have a, a license for a year. Um but the commissions themselves are pretty – we're pretty okay with us. Um, and, you know, you, you you would try to – a lot of times, uh, the as you, you have met some of the commissioners back in the day in Washington, I, of course, was lucked out. I had a uh, – uh, 
my mentor was a commission person, so it was pretty easy there. But then we have other uh, people who, you know, had no idea. They were moved over from other departments uh, in the Department of Licensing, and they had no idea about professional wrestling and, and what went on with it and so forth. So um, <clears throat> it was, a, at times, it could be very uh, taxing on the whole show uh, if this commissioner, uh, we'd have a, 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 a commissioner come out who had no idea. He was, uh, beforehand, he went around and checked licensing and so forth for uh, uh, cosmetic uh, things like uh, nail shops, hair shops, and so forth. But, you know, as times came to a point where you had to, you know, make budgets, they had to adjust and be multitasking. So you you, you occasionally would run across a commissioner who had no clue of what was going on behind the scenes or in turn, you know, uh, if you got lucky enough to get a, commissioner, a uh, commission person uh, who became a regular guy for you, which at times you'll get that. Um, they're usually pretty easy to deal with. They're just there really to collect the money to get back to the state. Um, but you'll get the other ones who, who kind of uh, use this as a power trip. And, and still today, um, I know my wife is in uh, a business where they have a licensor from the Department of Licensing, and uh, they'll send people up who have no background at all in what they do to try and, you know, look at them uh, and say, well, you're doing this right, you're doing this wrong. Having someone who's experienced or at least knew what was going on in the business made it so much, so much easier uh, on a show um, and from the boys right down to, to me, you know, where you have to do your signings, you have to do your, you show your licenses and, and so forth. So, um, dealing with them as long as they're, you know, as long as they got a clue, it's not bad, but you know, if they're walking in blind, it could be a, a real nightmare. Diamond Dan Garza, have you dealt with commissions very much as far as the ring announcing aspect of it? Well, fortunately, uh, in Indiana, we don't have a, a commission for wrestling, thanks to uh, Dick the Bruiser years ago. He got that squashed uh, a long time ago. But um, I have with uh, MMA, uh, back in 2009, um, the Indiana Boxing Commission got interested because they were running a lot of MMA events around Indiana, and they actually came to a couple shows, and it used to be, you know, wrestlers, you, you know, you got a show, you got a little cash box. I mean, MMA, they actually had a box that they were throwing money in because they were making so much money. I mean, thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 a show because they're selling expensive tickets and tables and so forth. Uh, this is pre, you know, everything electronic as far as buying tickets. And the commission came, and I could—I was there, and I could see his eyes when he seen all that money. So they finally led into uh, a sports commission, which included boxing uh, and uh, MMA. So that, with that point, I did have to get a license, and it was like twenty-five dollars. 
But uh, so it wasn't much. But after a few years, they decided they really didn't need to have the ring announcers get a license. It didn't really make sense. I mean, so they were making more money off the corner men and the uh, promoters and and the fighters themselves with the money. So they kind of stopped with the ring announcers. So really not dealt with it too much other than just a, a couple of years having to buy a license. So we've been lucky here, although I think at sometimes wrestling should have a commission sometimes, mm-hmm. even though I was a promoter and probably wouldn't have enjoyed it. But, uh, you know, if they did have somebody that had been involved in wrestling and understood it and everything else, it might be a little different. Um, and it kind of might help shows that probably shouldn't be running, uh, stop running. But, uh, you know, I think – Maybe we're better off without it, but uh, it's kind of a, a tough thing to say at this point, really. But, uh, but, yeah, luckily I haven't had much to deal with. Now, mainly I know from talking to the commission there in Idaho that uh, your situation's a little different, but from what you have done so far, have you looked into licensing or dealing with commissions? Um, so here in the state of Idaho, I feel like we are require much regulation in a lot of things. So um, as an example, you can homeschool your child without any kind of curric- without any kind of standardized testing or curriculum. So I'll kind of give you an example of what's allowed here. Um, in regards to um, like sanction sanction matches, things like that, Idaho currently treats professional wrestling as a combat sport. So it gets a little sticky um, because is it truly combative or is it staged? So if it's staged, why do we need all these extra hoops to jump through to um, make sure everything's ran correctly? So we, we, we're kind of in a sticky situation there with the Wrestle Club. Um, now for ring announcing specifically, there is no licensure requirement to be a ring announcer um, for professional wrestling purposes. Well, at this point in time, my co-host, Coach Mike Jones, is standing by, and I know Coach has some questions as well, so let's get into things with the Coach with the most coming at us from coast to coast. Hey, guys, I'm enjoying your stories. All right, Stein, so, yeah, I'll throw out the question. You can delegate them to the guys for me, please. All right. Okay, so, like, there's different aspects. When people say ring announcing, it's like, of course, Don Owens did ring announcing. Then, of course, there's interviewers, and then there's commentators. A lot of people think that ring announcing is like all of them. But anyway, one of my <laughs> favorite of all time was Gordon Soley. So I was wondering, all of you guys, who are some of your favorite ring announcers or commentators or all of the above? Ken Hamlin, you got a favorite? Well, when it comes to a, a ring announcer, it's it was pretty hard to beat the Fink. Uh, Howard Finkel was was an awesome ring announcer. Um, you, um, if you look at commentating right now, um, one of the guys. Because that's that's I'm more I'm doing a lot more commentating uh, on our YouTube shows now than I am ring announcing, 
so you you, you kind of have to you look at who your favorite was, and maybe who you took some style from, and and so forth. Um, I've you know I grew up on Frank Bonema here as our TV announcer, and until his passing, and then um, I, I nationally I would I've always been a big fan of um, Jim Ross. Um, so he, um, you know, he, he, he really made you, uh, believe what was going on, the actions that were going on in the, uh, in the ring. And that's what we, that's what I like. Uh, but yeah, the pink was always one of my favorite ring announcers. Um, and, um, uh, here we grew up with our promoter, Don Owen, doing the TV ring announcing. And, and then we had, um, um, of course, my mentor, Bob Pyatt, who did most of the ring announcing here on the western side of Washington. Dan Garza, how about you? Did you have some favorites? Well, I, I would agree. Howard Finkel, I mean, if you're an old WWF fan and uh, watched it, I mean, I, he was one of the best. Uh, I, I even seen him introduce a wedding party into a room on one of the YouTube videos. The uh, wrestling fan must have hired him uh, after he'd retired for that. But, uh, I mean, here, Sam Meneker was, he was play-by-play, but he also did some of the, you know, announcing. Uh, so here in Indianapolis for Dick the Bruiser. So, and then, of course, Jim Ross uh, back in WCW, even Georgia and different promotions that he was in. Uh, enjoyed listening to him there. So that type of me for my style, I don't, you know, probably closer maybe like Tony Schimmel. Uh, so I don't really try to copy anybody, but I've, if, if I would say anything, it'd probably sound a little more like him when it comes to the actual ring announcing myself. But, uh, and uh, there's just a, a ton of them out there that uh, that do a great job, I think. May Lee, do you have some favorite influences? Yeah, so um, the announcing style that I wanted to base off of was from Melissa Santos of uh, Lucha Underground. Like, I loved how, like, smooth and deep her voice is, and, like, the way she was able to pronounce all those uh, Spanish names was so amazing to me. I kind of wanted to sound like her. Um, so if I had a favorite announcer, it'd be her. Um, commentary, that's so hard because there are so many of them. And I haven't really watched a ton of professional wrestling prior to um, joining the Wrestle Club. So I wasn't, I didn't keep too much, atten- too much, too, too much attention to like different commentator names. But one that sticks out to me would be Corey Graves. Um, I really like his like color commentary. He reminds Reminds me of our current comment, main commentary person named um, Eric Cole. He's he's just amazing. Um, he's able to stay neutral when he needs to be, but also kind of throw in some jokes here and there. So, um, kind of adds to that entertainment value. All right, Coach. Right on. Yes, and the, some other ones I want to mention is like Super Brothers. It's like they're almost like the standard for announcing because they got like perfect voices, but not everybody likes that style of the way they go real loud. And another one I like is I used to like was Lillian Garcia 
her work was pretty good too. And then for commenta- other commentators, was Jerry Jerry Lawler and Bobby Heenan were like off the charts because they're funny, knowledgeable, and just amazing. But other than that, you guys, what are your most memorable matches that you've worked in or that you announced? Ken Hamlin, you probably got a list. Oh, working with Honky Tonk Man was probably me- most memorable. Um, I believe you were there the night when I got hit with hon- from Honky with a kendo stick. Um, and... Um, he was um he was always a very professional guy to work with in the ring um and uh i i really enjoyed that um in uh pwf slash i c w you uh we we didn't bring in a whole lot of bigger names but you know honky tonk man was one of the ones that i really enjoyed um <clears throat> and um you know, it was um, you know, it was one of those things where you 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 get behind this. You, you you're pretty much a, you know a little bit of a mark when you start out when you see them come in, but then you go behind the curtain and you get to know them, and it's like they're just a, a regular person, just like you and I are. But you know, the one thing about Honky I, I really enjoyed was is he uh, he was up for just about anything. Uh, you know, and and we would uh, you know, we'd come up with some scenarios, and and he was always happy to, you know, to help put the promotion itself over when he came in. Um, as for uh, uh, other memorable moments, most a lot of the memorable moments I have at, uh, in this business have been more um, interactive moments with our normal wrestlers diamond timothy flowers who was um uh always doing trying to do buddy wayne now the, the father of nick wayne uh the late buddy wayne was always a uh a thorn in my side during the the matches so um he would always do small little things to to try and throw me off and and so forth uh so i mean you 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 get into these working modes with some of the people, excuse me, with the people you work with all the all the time, but uh, yeah, I think getting hit by the kendo stick by Honky Tonk Man was uh, was uh, probably one of the most memorable nights as a ring announcer. Simon Dan, I bet you also have a laundry list of matches. Well, I mean, I had plenty of them with, when we were doing the OVW shows. I mean, as far as the, uh, some still current uh, WWE stars and some that's kind of come and gone. But, I mean, you had Brock Lesnar there, Shelton Benjamin, John Cena, Randy Orton. The Big Show came through there for a little while. Mark Henry came through there. Uh, about any of the superstars from, you know, you know 90s to early 2000s uh, that came through OVW, um, actually, later 2000s, I guess, um, late late 1990s. Um, you know, I got the ring announce uh, as they were coming up. You know, we were lucky sometimes. You know, people pay thousands of dollars to go see WrestleMania to see these guys. Uh, we were lucky to have 100, 150 people come see them when they were, you know, small towns, little gym, little armory, whatever we were running at the time, and uh, to get these people in to see 
you know, the future WWE superstars. Uh, you know, if they'd only known, you could come see Brock Lesnar uh, in an opening match probably because he was just learning at that time. And then, you know, heading to main event, uh, you know, a WrestleMania years later, you know, they probably would have come. But, uh, you know, to get that through people's head, it's kind of hard hard to do so, you know, when they don't know who they are. But uh, a lot of great talent that came to OVW. You know, I was fortunate enough to uh, be in the ring and ring announce with them. Uh, so, you know, the, you know, Bobo Brazil, the original Bobo Brazil, some of the shows earlier when I was, you know, getting started. Uh, so it's you know fortunate to kind of get some of the, the the past and then some of the current and then the uh, you know future superstars. So I was uh, very fortunate to be in the ring with quite a few of them. May Lee, what about you? Do you have some most memorable matches that you've ring announced? I think um, there's like some that I wish I had announced but wasn't able to, but um, the ones that I have announced that I really enjoy doing would probably be our Royal Rumbles. It's so fun just to announce, you know, who's ever coming in, and we'll get some some, um, retired people in there. We've had, like, commentators go in there, our – interviewer went in there last year and that was it's just so fun to announce um the royal rumbles that's probably my favorite type of match to announce um but i guess one that's really memorable was when our heavyweight champion brad zane wrestled uh, james elworth um here locally um i think it was last year or the year before and that was that was just so cool to be able to announce just any kind of superstar former current um you know especially since we're probably the smallest promotion uh, here on the show. So the fact that we were, that I was able to announce um, any kind of superstar was, it was quite the honor. All right, coach. Now I know Kenny has done this, has got in, got mixed up into some matches one way or the other, but of course you, you've played a lot of roles in wrestling like commissioner, photographer, writers, Promoters, you name it. Um, but uh, I know I know you mixed it up a few times, like you said with Honky Tonk Man that one time. I know there's been at least one occasion in Northwest Pro. Tell us about when you've had to mix it up. Well, you know, it's um, sometimes it, a couple of times it's been brought on me as a surprise uh, when I wasn't. Uh, Prevy to this information, someone went rogue uh, one time, and uh, I was attacked. Um, but in ICW, I would get involved on occasion because I was also, you know, in PWF ICW, I also did, um, you know, commissioner-type work. And I, in Northwest Pro, I've done commissioner-type work. Um, I uh, I was out. I was put out by Jared Savage one time with a broken, breaking a Kindle stick over my head. I have this affinity for getting hit with Kindle sticks for some reason or another. I'm not sure why. Uh, but, um, you know, that, um, those are things that, uh, you know, it, that have worked into angles. Um, you know, uh, I've had things that have worked into an angle when Savage attacked me. Uh, it worked into an angle where I had wrestlers defending my honor. 
Um, and the other time uh, we had to have, you know, there was people coming from the back when the one guy kind of went rogue. He just made a decision because he was losing his heat to um, to go ahead and attack me. Uh, you know, which is something that you sit there and you go, okay, what the hell is going on here? Uh, but you, you have to go with it just as anything else uh, in this sport, uh, in this business. You, you have to go with... Um, you know what what is happening and what, and go with the flow, which uh, sometimes makes it a little harder. But you know you sit back and you look back and you go, okay, it, it worked, uh, and that's uh, that's what you always hope for anything like that is that when there's something like this happens, you hope it works and you hope it you know you draw the sympathy of the crowd or you whatever uh, as long as you get it all set up and ready to work. And, and follow through with everything correctly, it uh, should be no problem. Diamond Dan, I know you also wrestled quite a bit, but as a ring announcer, did you ever have to mix it up with one of the guys? Usually not too much as a ring announcer. When I would be a commissioner for, like, IPW, I mean, I got involved in a couple of matches. One of them was Phil Billy Jed, one of the guys that I trained, and then Osiris, who later turned into uh, Congo Kong. So got involved with, uh, you know, a few of those matches like that. And, of course, with HPW, uh, you're, you're familiar with that. I think you had a little bit of time down in uh, Columbus, Indiana, involved in some of those matches down there before I got involved with them. But, uh, you know, with Jerry Wilson getting involved in some of those matches there uh, as a part owner or as commissioner at one time. So uh, with stuff like that, but it was more as a commissioner, part owner type deal versus uh, as a ring announcer. For the record, once as a ring announcer at HPW, Jerry Wilson set me on fire. Who does that? Uh, just Jerry. <laughs> where were the, where were the firemen then? Uh, it wasn't at the Cheer Fireman's Fund then, was it? Yeah, it was. <laughs> it predated that by a few years, yeah. And then and then you'd be probably scared of the firemen. They couldn't put you out. What the, what's going on? Yeah. We had some times with some fire at those shows. Yeah. Now, May Lee, if anyone came after you when you were ring announcing, I would rip their eye out. But has anyone attempted <laughs> to come after you during a match? Oh gosh, there was a um, an out of state wrestler. I already I I apologize, couldn't remember his name, but I could remember his gimmick. And the reason why is because he stole my shoe, and tried to eat it. That's about <laughs> as much action as I got. <laughs> otherwise, right otherwise, when it comes yeah, when it comes to the normal roster, they they try their hardest not to attack me or, or interfere with me because they're going to realize, oh, now we have no ring announcers, so we better protect her. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. Okay, my last question for you guys was, who is your favorite wrestler of the past and present? Jen Hamlin, you got an answer? Any. <laughs> I'm sorry, I... I... I lost you for a second. Did you hear the question? Can you hear me? Now. Yeah, I'm sorry. I lost you for a second. 
Okay. You, uh, can, the, the question, question is, who was your who was your favorite wrestler of the past and now the present? Oh gosh. There, you know, there have been so many um, that I've been a fan of. I I don't want to say that I've had real big time ultimate favorites. Um, I've respected most of the guys who um, have put on the boots and the tights, you know, uh, and gotten in there. Um, uh, I was uh, when I first started out as a kid. I was a, a huge uh, Superfly. Snooker fan, and as you know, things went on. Uh, we, uh, I grew up in the territorial days, so out of Portland. So a lot of times it was more, um, you know, you, you you would get the your whoever your top baby was, or you you. Uh, is there a lot of respect to Playboy Buddy Rose? Um, I thought he was a a freaking genius in this business. Um, as for pure, uh, who I love to watch, I, I really, and I, I, I might get, uh, hassled for this, but, uh, I'm a huge CM Punk fan. Um, I, I think he is, you know, uh, without a doubt, uh, can, can get the crowd in the palm of his hand. I had to respect that Savage back in the day, too, because it was unbelievable to me about how he could take a crowd, whether he was working or whether he was the promoter, and he could put that crowd in the palm of his hand, and he could he could grasp it where these people would, you know, could hang on every word, you know, and uh, he could he could make them... He could talk them into the building, which is one of the greatest things. If you can do that in this business, I have a lot of respect for you because very, very few people these days can get out there and talk a person into the building. And CM Punk is one right now. And back in the day, Dutch Savage did it better than just about anybody. So um, those are the kind of guys that I really enjoy watching. Uh, and I learned so much by just watching them. And I'm sure Dan will probably t- say the same thing as being a, a former worker. Um, you know, if you're able to talk those folks into the building, it's amazing, is it not, sir? Oh, yes, it is. I mean, and, and uh, you know, on, on the CM Punk part, you know, I met him when he was first uh, coming up, uh, some of the local shows. But when he was uh, with OVW, I, I'm, I'm still mad at him from that uh, as he came into the ring one time when I was ringing out and I had a nice uh, gold shirt on, so he kind of made fun of me in private and he didn't say it on the microphone, so I still hold a grudge against him against that. Not just kidding, but uh, so, but uh, no, I mean, for me, Dick the Bruiser, when I first um, started watching wrestling, is the guy that got me interested because. Uh, you know, we did. That's why we had we had territories back then, and of course, Bruiser ran Indianapolis, Indiana, and and, and part of the Midwest. So, I mean, that's what we seen on TV, and that's what we grew up with. So, I mean, that's the real reason I wanted to get involved with wrestling is from watching him and watching his shows. Uh, but as far as now, I mean, there's just yeah, there's just so many out there that are great wrestlers, great entertainers, people that can talk uh, and and get you excited about a match. 
and it's a little different now, I think, than it was where, you know, when they had pay-per-views and you'd have Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior and Randy Savage and guys like that that would get on the mic and, and it was promoting what was going to come up and you were excited to see that. Uh, now with so much competition on TV, you know, you're seeing so many great matches week after week, you know, for a pay-per-view. It's kind of similar to what you might see on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or, you know, any day of the week that uh, some of the big promotions are running their shows. So it's kind of tough to really push those pay-per-views like they used to where, you know, you're really hyped up to see it. Uh, you know, then they, they put some of the big names in there with uh, somebody local and, you know, build them up and build that matchup. And that's what you wanted to see, you know, when you got name versus name. And it was, you know, I won't say a rare occasion, but, uh, you know, something that you didn't see week after week as you do on TV now. So it uh, it built built things up and made it exciting and, and something you wanted to see and you're willing to spend your, you know, your hard-earned money for. So, but yeah, they're just, I don't know. I, I don't know if I could name anybody current that's because there's just so many that are great out there that, uh, you know, when you see them on TV, you know, even me coming as a wrestler, amazed at the things that they can do uh, in the ring and, uh, you know, put their heart into it and, you know, take the chances that they take for the uh, the crowd to make things happen. So it's just, you know, just, just a ton of great wrestlers out there right now. I mean, it's an exciting time to watch wrestling because uh, there is, uh, you know, a lot of talent out there now. Mainly, what about you? You got some favorite wrestlers past and present? Um, yeah, so I was trying, I was actually talking with my husband, like, wait a minute, all my favorite wrestlers are still wrestling. Because <laughs> I thought, you know, I really like Carmilla. And he says, he, she's still wrestling. She's taking a break because she just had a baby. I thought, oh, yeah, you're right. Okay, okay. Well, Oscar's still wrestling. Okay, yeah, Shinsuke's still wrestling. Okay. And then I thought, okay, well, about Cesaro, he's on WWE. Oh, but then he went over to AEW. So, you know, like, there's a ton of wrestlers that I do enjoy, but I guess they're still wrestling. Um, I think if I had to choose a wrestler from the past that's, like, not currently wrestling, I would pick Nia Jax. She was such a powerhouse, very, just a wonderful, like, it was so fun to watch her, um, you know, and just really was inspiring to women. It's like, you don't have to be a skinny mini to, to be a wrestler. Like, you can be, like big and tough and still be able to put on a good good match um but as for my current favorite wrestler um i think he'll always be my favorite though but it'd be finn balor um i just i've loved seeing just whichever phase he's in you know i've been watching him since i started getting into wrestling about seven or eight years ago and um yeah i've always been a huge fan of of him yeah awesome hey Hey, Sign, how long do we got today? Uh, we got a few more minutes. Okay, well, then I, I guess I should give it back to everybody so uh, we can finish up. Thanks, guys. I really enjoy your uh, stories, and I wish you all the luck in the world. Thank you all so much. Thank you. Thank you. Well, guys, we do have a few minutes left, and I want to give that few minutes to all of you. So if there's anything you want to say in closing today, and if you want to plug and promote absolutely anything at all, social medias, upcoming events, merchandise, your favorite ice cream shop, anything at all, all fair game. 
Ken Hamlin, what have you got? Um, well, as you know, I'm a humongous proponent of the Cauliflower Alley Club, and I think that's one that most people should look into. Uh, CaulifloweralleyOrg, uh, I believe, is what it is. Uh, it helps uh, all those people who have uh, come before us and paved the way in this business. Um, I'm sorry, I'm getting some signals here. January 20th. January 20th? Yes. I believe our next Northwest Pro Show is January 20th, if I am correct there, sir. Um, and we will be wow. uh, running at the Key Peninsula Civic Center. So that was another thing. Also, one thing I wanted to bring up real quick was, you know, one thing we didn't touch upon on being in a ring announcer is on how much you have to do on the fly. Um, especially, oh gosh, yes. Yeah. You have to do it on the fly. And I mean, it's not as much, I, I don't know about you, but uh, for, for some people like uh, myself, you, you, you know, you have to kind of deal with people who are going to do things that you weren't real sure that was going to happen, uh, you know, on, on when they want the mic, when they need the microphone. Um, and it's, it's a lot of, uh, it's a lot of things on the fly. You have to pay attention to not only what's going on with the crowd, but you also have to pay attention on what the uh, the boys are doing, boys or girls are doing in the ring, what they need at that time. So I mean, um, uh, working on the fly is one of those things that you got to really look out for. Dan Garza, what have you got for us? Well, of course, there's always the Diamond Dan Hotline still going after uh, I don't know how many years, close to 30. But uh, 317-335-4688 or H-O-T-T, uh, call it for all the news. I know you can get everything on the Internet, but uh, we still have dreaded D-Rose and option number two. And uh, super fan Marcus Fine, uh, excuse me, super fan Marcus Fine is on option number two, and dreaded D-Rose is on option number three, uh, and I'm on option number one on occasion. But uh, So just check that out. Uh, Hustler Rip Rogers, uh, check him out on on uh, his uh, podcast that he's got going on. He's got a lot of uh, great people that come on there. He's got a lot of information. One of the guys that's probably helped me out the most, get involved with different things in wrestling, got me into WCW for a, a few TV matches and got me in with OVW uh, to help with him and, and, of course, eventually led to some of the ring announcing stuff like that. So make sure you check him out. And as if uh, if you're out there and you're a ring announcer, you know, I see a lot of them during intermission, you know, they take off and that's their time to go eat, drink, or whatever. I always took that time to, you know, help promote uh, the gimmick tables, uh, whatever the, the next show is going on, uh, use the microphone during that time just to, you know, help the guys make a little extra money because I know what it's like. You know, you may not get the biggest payday, but if you could sell some pictures, some T-shirts and whatever, and uh, if that helps them out, make a little extra money, you know, I would spend my time doing that, and I would suggest everybody kind of do that uh, the same way, uh, if they can. Uh, but uh, I, I agree with that 100%. Um, but, uh, I, I think that the, the especially the upcoming dates are especially uh, something you should be plugging, uh, and so people know. And you know, you, you know, people can't come if they don't know, that's right? That's right. That's right. And uh, I guess other than that, uh, you know, that's it. Unless, you, uh, unless you're in Indiana and you need a wedding DJ, then you can call me up, and I'll be more than happy to do that uh, for you also. 
Absolutely. And I, I presume I bought you a car calling that hotline all those years ago. Well, I wasn't getting paid for anything, so I didn't. I was actually paying for the still paying for the hotline. So uh, the only thing you might have paid is long distance charges, and that went to the the phone company, not me. So it it is free, and it always has been free. Some operator got a car out of the deal. Some somebody <laughs> did. <laughs> All right, May Lee, what have you got? Um, yeah, check out Wrestle Club. We are the first and only wrestling organization in Idaho. Um, visit us on social media, Facebook and Instagram at Idaho Wrestle Club, and now X, used to be Twitter, um, ID Wrestle Club. Our next event will be on New Year's Eve, so December 31st at the Eustick Nazarene Church in Caldwell, Idaho. Uh, I believe the show starts at 5 or 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Um, fortunately, you cannot stream it live, so you'll have to make a trip out um, if you ever make your way to Idaho, come visit us that day. Um, we have some amazing um, events and shows lined up for you. I'll be there as a ring announcer. And, um, yeah, I guess otherwise, uh, favorite ice cream shop would be The Still in Boise, Idaho, um, where they mix liquor and ice cream into a delicious concoction for you. Oh, wow. No one's ever told me that before. I'm going to have to check that out. Oh, it's amazing. They have four locations now because they're that popular. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I want to thank all of you for taking time to be with us today. We definitely appreciate each and every one of you doing so. And I'm sure I will cross paths with each of you at some point in time, hopefully in the near future. Merry well, Christmas, everybody. Thank you. Happy holidays. All right. Well, fans, definitely get out there, support your local independents, and keep in mind the ring announcers do have a hard job a lot of the times out there. So definitely appreciate what they do. They are a vital, vital part of professional wrestling shows. So get out there, support them, and support what they do for professional wrestling we will be back with you next week. Next Friday on the show, we have the Golden Idol, Mark Koval, a great manager there in the Midwest. And one week from today, we are celebrating not only world-class championship wrestling with some of the people that came out of that promotion, but we are previewing the movie The Iron Claw, which, of course, features the Von Erichs. So make sure you join us for that. should be a fascinating show next week. Everybody stay safe out there and we will talk to you soon. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.